ex-homosexual and poet Jackie Hill Perry, who was once featured on the American Gospel in order to expose false teachers, is now teaming up with Bethel to promote their worship music as we take a look at Bethel once again and why believers need to mark and avoid Johnson, Valentin, and Bethel Music. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about Bethel. Now, that is a subject we have talked about a number of times, but this time, somebody who helped expose teachings like Bethel once again is now promoting them or even actually helping at a conference to promote their music. So with me today to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Praise the Lord, Chad. It's good to be together and be together with our uh, Good Fight audience. We love you guys. And we do hope and pray that uh, if you know the truth, that you'll just be galvanized in the truth more. But if you are wondering, like, what's this about? What's going on that you just... May the Lord give you ears to hear and eyes to see because there's a lot of deception going on around right now. And it's really heartbreaking that two of the people featured in the American gospel, which was a very good presentation against the word, faith, prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel, defected. And both of them are in cahoots with, you know, Bethel, which is a false counterfeit revival. Amen. And it is really sad. And a lot of people uh, may know Jackie Hill Perry from coming out of the homosexual movement and uh, she had some famous spoken word speeches that she did about her lesbian lifestyle and coming out of it and getting married and and so forth. Uh, now to a man, obviously, and had spoken, you know, at Passions Conference and was involved with John Piper and some of those guys. And now, you know, it, it's very interesting because now not only do you have Jackie here actually going and speaking at a music conference for Bethel. But a lot of people are like, hey, well, wasn't she in the American gospel? Wasn't she, as, as you mentioned earlier, wasn't she one of the ones that was like, hey, this is the true gospel speaking out against prosperity gospel. So people wrote in and were writing to the people who put together the American gospel and they had to respond because they're like, wait, what is going on here? And here's what they had to say. Quote, in our last communication with Jackie Hill Perry in 2019, we explained our concerns over her partnerships with Jen Johnson, which is Bethel Music, Christine Kane. Hillsong, Sarah Jakes Roberts, daughter of T.D. Jakes, and other people connected to the Word of Faith or NAR movement. She explained that she did not agree with the Word of Faith doctrine because it was a misrepresentation of the gospel of God. But she was not in agreement with our interpretation of the biblical lines in who we would avoid ministry partnerships with or who actually teaches false doctrine. We recently learned that Jackie will be a speaker at Bethel Music's 2024 Worship School alongside Bill Johnson. Jackie also asked for our prayers for wisdom to discern what is pleasing to God and how that affects her neighbors. We believe that her decision crosses both of those lines because Bethel's doctrine and practices lead people into a spiritual danger, which means they should be avoided. And then they quote from Romans to appealing for the fact to mark and avoid those who cause divisions and create obstacles uh, for the gospel. So Joe, I I think, you know, reading that, first of all, I do believe it's a great appeal that they, they have written out here and expressing that directly to her. I think that's awesome. 
And I do think one of the great things about this statement is they're saying, no, 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 this is a mark and avoid issue very clearly with Bethel. And for some people, it is very difficult, like where that line is drawn. And that's something that we deal with here at Good Fight Ministries all the time. Uh, in fact, every time we interview someone, right, where you have, hey, well, what about this thing? And what about that thing? So anytime you expand or move the umbrella in terms of talking to somebody you see as a brother, you always got to be mindful. And for a lot of people, Joe, I know that right now behind the scenes, there are multiple people we've talked to or are right now talking to about, hey, you've kind of been together with some people that not only are we careful not to be seen with, but we would actually say some of them are mark and avoid people. Yeah, just uh, recently I'm dealing with a person who we love, the ministry loves, uh, has done some really, really wonderful things. And this person's a precious person, but uh, encouraging that person saying, hey, of late you've been associating with a couple people and I made that person aware of what that those people were teaching and so forth. And and the person said they were not aware, you know? And I said, I'm just gonna encourage you. You gotta backtrack. You gotta you gotta address the issue you know, because uh, we want to continue to be able to say, hey, this is a good ministry. So, and a lot of times, you know, just for audience, you should know that we are, we minister to people behind the scenes uh, and we give it some time before we write someone off because we don't want to just write people off. We want to then be reconciled to the Lord or not that this person doesn't know the Lord. Just maybe if someone wasn't properly vetted, you know, yeah. and so forth. That happens uh, sometimes. But uh, yeah, it, it's, so I commend uh, them with the uh, American gospel uh, even though we disagree with even some of their theology, some of the, the Calvinism and so forth, but I commend them for reaching out and trying to be reconciled uh, before they mark and avoid, you know? Yeah, I think that's really good. And it is it is a tough thing because you, you do love people and you have to try to draw those lines of like, hey, this is where we have to be like we we cannot this is a this is a non-negotiable and I, i'm just being honest with you bethel is one of those non-negotiables like when we start yeah. getting into that when you have people like kenneth copeland come and speak at your church and i tell you what i have just fallen in love with this man i am so thankful that we have the opportunity to receive a real believer a believing believer a a a man of genuine faith and I believe that God is going to release over us. In fact, that was the word I got in 2012, that there would be a specific release over this house. And I just feel like the luckiest guy on the planet to be able to say, here's my friend, Kenneth Copeland, to come to minister to us tonight. I'd like for you to welcome him. Praise God. <laughs> Now, they want $9,000 for that airplane. 1959 Skyline, Cessna Skyline. Do we have a picture of that airplane, Haley? There it is. And I'm sorry, Jackie Hill, you want to say that the, the Word of Faith gospel is not true. They have had Kenneth Copeland in, in the last year teaching at Bethel, okay? Bro, That's the first no time joke. I went on to uh, Bethel's website, you know, I went into their, you know, basically, you know, the ministries that they were promoting. And it was Kenneth Copeland and Hagen and, and uh, Benny Hinn and all these prominent false prosperity gospel uh, teachers. And they, they had that up there for years. Now they've taken it down uh, not too long ago, but they haven't renounced these false teachers. They continue themselves to promote the prosperity gospel, which is a false gospel. Yes, I, I totally agree. I, I think it's important for us to recognize those distinctions because we will sit here 
And, and Joe, whatever doctrine that it is that we're talking about, we are very passionate. And a lot of times we do see that flammable area of doctrine that we're like very passionate about, because especially when you've seen people be led astray by a doctrine that, yes, this person might be our brother in Christ, but the doctrine they're teaching can lead someone astray Absolutely. if they continue it. And so we will speak passionate, passionately to that, but we will also affirm that person as a brother in Christ even if we see a very frustrating danger. But and, and by the way, Chad's using the term flammable to Sorry, distinguish yeah. it from damnable. There's flammable uh, false teachings. We call them flammable because they can burst into flames in your life. For instance, you could believe in once saved, always saved, uh, and and still be saved. We believe that the idea that once you're saved, you're always saved no matter what, which a lot of people hold to, is wrong. But it's it, it, we do believe if you hold that viewpoint, which many do, that you're not automatically damned. However, if you start doing whatever you want and living a life that's just filled with the works of the flesh, it says you won't inherit the kingdom of God and be not deceived, then that flammable doctrine has just burst into flames in your life and you aren't inheriting the kingdom of God and you're in trouble. Where the damnable heresies are the doctrines where they actually uh, deny that Jesus is God, they deny that salvation is by grace through faith, uh, doctrines that just damn you because it's just a heresy that's a damnable heresy. So Chad's talking about flammable heresies. We still affirm brethren that have different views in us. We disagree with Calvinists on a lot of issues and believe they have a lot of flammable doctrines, but we also affirm there's a lot of Calvinists that love Jesus and we tr believe they're truly blood-bought, born-again believers. Amen. And that's that's an important distinction. And of course, that distinction for us always gets us in hot water with just about everybody, but it's one that we, we think love is you important. All, and Amen. We're brothers. Amen. And so, Joe, the reason why this is interesting is uh, for a couple of things, but I'm finding a lot of really weird parallels when looking back on even with the American gospel, because a lot of people might remember, and I think one of the most powerful things, at least when I clicked on even the YouTube channel, the free version when it came out, uh, the first thing that I remember seeing was Lindsay Davis sitting in her car right outside of Bethel School of yeah. Supernatural Ministry. And, uh, and when you look at it and you see that, I'm like, wow, this was a powerful, powerful video. So you, you got to see that. And remember, we're talking about Jackie Hill Perry and also Lindsay Davis, who's the one speaking right here. So to start off, I'm actually a student at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and I attend Bethel Church in Redding, California. And from someone who is still here at Bethel, who's still at Bethel School of Ministry, I can attest to the fact that they are preaching a false gospel, that they are preaching a false Christ. Now, Joe, we thought it was so powerful that when we did our five, which turned into a six-part series on Bethel, where we actually answered a lot of the things that they answered or attempted to answer, um, Bethel rediscovered, right? And we rediscovered their discovery there. Uh, and it was really interesting that, hey, we found this thing to be very powerful. Somebody who's there, leaving it, defecting from it. And, you know, I thought it was too. I know you did as well. And and I think everyone here, we were like, wow, that, that's awesome that someone's coming out of it, recognizing, wait a second, I got to get right. And so Jackie Hill was in that video and so was Lindsay. But Joe, Lindsay herself, and we covered uh, this when it happened back in February and March of 2023, and Lindsay repented of discernment ministries. And if I'm being honest, if you look back at some of the repentance that she had, uh, her husband, she had become a cessationist. So she left the gifts behind and said, oh, those aren't real, became a cessationist. But then she was coming out of cessationism. And instead of just, you know, coming to a biblical grounds for it, she started to 
post right. positively about Bill Johnson. And in fact, her one of her last posts of 2023 of last year is her promoting Jeremy Riddle from Bethel Music. Yeah. And so the promotion, so she even has gone back seemingly promoting also, and in fact, the 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 uh, video that she did alongside Melissa Doherty, where they exposed so many of the teachings of Bethel for being New Age, is now private. Sadly yeah. enough, and I don't know if that's because Melissa's like, "Hey, she's defected. She's gone back to that. I don't want anything to do with that," or if it's because Lindsay asked her to because yeah. she doesn't believe that anymore. Yeah. Either way, we see that defection. So now we have Jackie Hill doing the same things, Joe, and. One of the things that bothers me, and, and we've exposed this in, in our, some of our shows, and you've done it in a live presentation, is the fact that the Enneagram, in fact, the entire thing has been channeled, Joe. Yeah. It's been channeled, and it's witchcraft. And we One of the pioneers admits that. You know? That's exactly yeah. right. The Enneagram that was a, had two creators. Uh, one creator came up with this symbol, and the symbol is... Um, is very reminiscent because he used to talk to Metatron, who's a, a Kabbalistic demon. He's he's not an angel. He's only in the Kabbalah, and and it's called Metatron's cube. Uh, and the New Agers always celebrate him. And then the types, the nine enneotypes, were trans-channeled by Claudia Naranjo, who was a psychedelic drug using, experimenting um, person who. Admittedly, he was both channeling demons, and he thought it was cool to explore the different spiritual realm, which is horrifying. But through trance channeling, automatic writing, same thing, uh, he got the nine enneotypes. And then they, they proceeded to falsely market that it came from the Desert Fathers, that it was ancient Christian lost secrets. It's not. It's recent, and it's making the the teachers of this billions of dollars. But what I can tell you is that the Enneagram industry is huge and it, it is pushing uh, idolatry, self-idolatry specifically, where you identify as one of nine numbers and types. People are always arguing, well, it, it helped to explain me. It helped my marriage. Again, going to the effects of these new age teachings it's it's like Pharaoh's sorcerers that could mimic God's miracles to a degree. And just because something seems to help you, seems comforting, seems to work, does not mean that we should engage in it as Christians. And I think that's a powerful video, Joe. And I think it's important for people to realize, wow, this thing was channeled. This yeah. stuff is, is demonic. And crazy enough, Jackie Hill Perry just a few months ago put out a video saying something very similar, that the Enneagram pushed by the likes of Russell Moore and some in the SBC and all over the place that this thing is ultimately witchcraft. Even she said that. Okay, so one of the dudes who was the originator of the contemporary understanding of Enneagram as we know it, he said that he got his information about it through uh, an angelic visitation from a spirit or divine being named Metatron, which we know is a demon. And then... Um, the other guy who created the types, he said on YouTube that he uh, got his understanding or the wisdom of types through through automatic writing, which is a form of channeling spirits where a demon basically guides your hand or guides your mind to help you write down certain ideas. So when we say, oh, I'm type one, type two, type three, whatever, we're literally applying to our identity 
the wisdom of demons. I've talked about Enneagram on several occasions. And so part of me feels a responsibility to renounce it publicly and to, yeah, bring attention to the demonic nature of it. Now, share a few of the things that I processed in, in, in the last few days, which is divination, witchcraft, all of this stuff. Uh, a lot of it centers around knowledge and being able to access information on, and secret and mysteries from sources that God hasn't sanctioned, whether that's using astrology, tarot cards, psychics, mediums, etc. So Joe, when I see that, I go, okay, wow, she's got some discernment here, uh, at least regarding, you know, witchcraft, the Enneagram and so forth. But Joe, I, I hope, and this is for Jackie or anyone else getting involved, involved with Bethel or Lindsay as well, who has, you know, gone back. Uh, Dog returning to her vomit. Oh, it's so sad that they are doing witchcraft, that they are doing, and this is not even going to be in, the, in this clip right here, And but Joe and I did an entire special after we had done the entire series, then we did a live show, and what happened? Oh, I don't know. They were acting as if they were Gandalf up there with yeah. Shay on, yeah. right? Arch heretic of the Apostolic Reformation. They're casting a spell in yeah, the not, didn't Gandalf. do it enough times, yeah. right? I mean, to uh, now, Joe, I was hoping that the spirit of racism was gone ever since then. Yeah, because that's what that was about. It was like they were going to banish racism. And, and I looked at that, I thought, okay, you guys are uh, claiming to rely on the Holy Spirit. Obviously, you don't know what it means to be spirit-filled because you're getting a replica of Gandalf's, a sorcerer, and wizards are condemned uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 9 through uh, 14. And you're banishing this, the spirit of racism through you know smashing that thing down three different times. And yeah, well, the whole thing was that we're going to get rid of racism by, by the power of a spell. It's like, this is this is Reading. This is what you learn in the supernatural school of wizardry or ministry at Bethel. Uh, Gandalfs, I guess, not, you know. Anyway, it's really, really heartbreaking because uh, we only, we go through quite a bit there, but Chad, we don't have arms big enough to get around the books that can be written on the occult uh, presentations and the things that have taken place at Bethel in the name of God that have been so spooky and way out of line, not biblical at all. We're going to do some binding and loosening. And one of the things that I've learned in the last maybe around 10 years, that apostles have authority to make de decrees and declarations. Now, everybody understands, if you know Lord of the Rings, everybody understands what's in my hand. Everybody understands what's in my hand. We are going to lift the staff and will command the spirit not only to leave, but he shall not pass. Now, if you heard what Apostle Savosa said, he said that you need to oil your door. So I encourage you, if you haven't done this in the proper order, you must put oil in your door and then go in front and repeat this act with us. So as an apostolic team with the authority that God's given to us, we decree and declare that racism will end, it's over, in the ecclesia from this night forward, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's lift it up and bang it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise over. Amen. 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 I'm sorry, we did it twice. We need one more. 
One more. We need you to agree with us. Okay. On the count of three. On three. Shout with us. One, two, three. Thou shalt not pass. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Joe, I think that is so important. And what is so interesting, we're going to play these clips because one of the things that at Good Fight Ministries we want to do is make sure we have receipts for any of the payments that we're making with our lips, right? If we're going to say, hey, they're saying this and they're doing this, we want to make sure we can say, hey, look at here, just as we, we would with scripture. Hey, this is chapter and verse. It's not just my feelings. And Joe, we are going to see a, there are a number of clips that we've already done a longer version. We'll put a link in the description answering Bethel's Rediscovered series. But, but Joe, these clips, you're going to hear Bill Johnson talk about relics. You'll hear him write about it and then watch him soften the language. You're going to hear about this anointing rather than the, the promises that he tries to do with it. And then you're going to see that a teacher, because Joe, one of the things they deny and they've said it. And in fact, you'll see in this clip, they call it a myth. They deny of grave soaking, but they're going to admit that a teacher actually taught this and students went and did it and they didn't want to interrupt them. And you will watch Bill Johnson. And I want to comment and on that. And they denied it ever even happened. Denying you know? it ever even yeah. happened. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're going to watch Bill Johnson talk about his own wife's grave soaking, which is called a myth earlier. And just see what he has to say. I mean, this is a lot of clips. So you guys got to check this out. Um, uh, you know, the, the Catholics have a, uh, have relics and have something in their theology for relics and, and the, the bones of the saints. That wouldn't be something that would, you know, we are participating in or interested in. But again, we're not trying to kill them over that. That would be like, ah, we pr prefer you don't. We don't, we don't know that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot in that for us, <laughs> yeah. but we don't need to separate from you. No, that's right. You know, because of this. And so there, there, are, um, there are other groups that might have a different perspective. Now here we are at Smith Wigglesworth's grave um, in Bradford. It's up the, the other end of England. You might not be able to come here naturally, but you can certainly feel it supernaturally what's happened in this man's life. And it's funny, all of us students, when we came here, the thing that we felt was uh, that like the raising of the dead power and the gift of faith came on us. And some students were leaning over the back of the grave and they felt a grace and a faith just rest on them. Mm -hmm. It's funny, isn't it? How, you know, Elijah, um, I think someone put the, the, bo the person's bones on his bones and they got raised up to life. When you come into a place where the Holy Spirit was on a person, he still exists there. We just release the anointing of God um, that is in this place. And we pray that faith, faith, great faith would come on you. And so we just th thank you, Father, that what was on Smith's Wigglesworth life, let it come on us, let it come on them. In Jesus' mighty name. But what I'm believing for is a generation. A generation will rise up with a corporate faith, a corporate anointing to press into realms because it's my conviction that as much as God put on a William Branham or a Catherine Kuhlman, or a Wigglesworth, he'll put far greater anointing on a company of people than he ever would on an individual. We want to pray for folks and go after those things that have been called impossible. Well, that's awesome. You know, I was remembering um, several years ago, I was laying on the floor, um, I think it may have been in a prayer chapel, but, and it's asking God if I could have the uh, mantle of William Branham and to be super clear, sometimes a quote of yours is attributed to this idea that we're actually going to graves looking for anointings to be, you know, to, to get and to pass on. Um, there are anointings, mantles, revelations, and mysteries that have lain unclaimed literally where they were left because the generation that walked in them never passed them on. I believe it's impossible for us to recover realms of anointing, realms of insight. Sorry, I believe it's possible 
for us to recover <laughs> realms of anointing, uh, realms of insight, realms of God that have been uh, untended for decades simply by choosing to reclaim them and perpetuate them for future generations. So at that point, you're talking about in honor and faith. It, what I felt the Lord speak to my heart like 20 years ago when I first started collecting for our, our library museum mm -hmm. was that if we honored the saints of the past, not worship, not talk to for sure, um, but if we honored them, the Lord would give us access to their the grace that they lived in. Again, so for clear, we're not going to grace sucking the anointing <laughs> out of them, but we no. are not afraid no. of like uh, honoring and revering what God's done through the saints in the past. No, that's right, that's right. So there's a picture of your wife, Benny, being uh, laying down on a grave. And yeah, that is actually yeah, yeah. like, so when we say we don't practice this, you're like, ah, oh, we have photographic evidence <laughs> of Benny laying on the grave. What, what, what is she doing? What's her story in that? What's what's up to? What's you know, there? our whole deal is we, we want to respond to God in a way that he wants us to respond. Mm -hmm. If I kneel, if I dance, I've shouted, I've danced before the Lord, I'll lay prostrate before the Lord. And it's that's all it is, is it's we want to be... Uh, responsive enough to his impressions that will do whatever he says to do and risk looking like a fool in the process, risk being misunderstood in the process. So in the school of ministry, we had one of our leaders had a profound encounter with the Lord uh, at the grave of a former church leader. So wow. he comes back and gives a testimony about this. And because our students are so hungry, <laughs> I mean, it's like meat to a wolf at some level. Like, you're kidding? The Lord will meet you at a grave? So it, it, I remember in that as the yeah. dean watching it, like, whoa, what, what? But but I've had to learn over time, like, if I try to kill something too early, that's, that's we, good. we totally yeah. miss the potentially the good things. And again, the weird things that come. But when I kill everything too early, our people, our students stop, stop taking risks. You know, if we try to keep everything squeaky clean always, because I do like perfection, I do like things organized mm -hmm. and accurate, but if I'm obsessive about that, I'll actually hinder and, and affect negatively the work that God was doing, that 10% you make reference yeah. to. So I've had to, like, not panic <laughs> yeah. about what people will think yeah. or endure what people will think. And just go, the Lord's in this. We got. We don't know how, what the end result is, what it'll look like. But the Lord's in this. The, like the grace sucking is an unfortunate result of a beautiful hunger yeah, for the true. presence of God. And Good again, yeah. when the critic labels it, I'm like, this is actually a problem you'd want. You'd want your people so zealous for the Lord's presence that you have to be cautious about what you say because they will move to it. Now, so this, this idea of grace sucking as a practice was so, it, it's just like a, almost... Uh, a weird demonic assault against this beautiful, hungry heart yeah. that it became, I was even just resentful of, I'm not even going to talk about that. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Wow, Joe, I, I really hope for our audience, especially if this is somebody that maybe you're somebody from Bethel, you know, you clicked on this because you're angry or you're like, I just, I, I want to prove that they're wrong. Or someone said, test this, see if it's, if it's right. And you're watching that. Notice the admissions and even aside the admissions, it's not, a time, Joe, where they're actually giving an answer, you're like, wait, or even a repentance at all, but it's a time for them to spin it in some other way, Na changing names from anointing to promises, changing things from calling it a myth, but then talking about when they do it. I mean, this stuff, it's just dishonest. Yeah, and a lot of people are unaware that Bethel is just filled with uh, all kinds of occult activity. In fact, you know what? There's a lot of writing. We don't have a lot of time left, but uh, Bill Johnson has gone on record along with other people at Bethel Leadership 
that we're basically, by doing these occult things, which they probably won't use the word occult, they say we're basically taking back, you know, what the devil stole. So all these occult activities, uh, even like tarot cards, you know, they have these spirit cards or these different cards that they read instead of tarot cards, you know, like, and so forth. And it's just repugnant because you don't see tarot cards in the scripture. Uh, but it's interesting because we've interviewed and I've been interviewed by her several times on her channel uh, during Virtue, and we're going to have her back pretty soon. But she was the top New Ager. I mean, she was not one of the top New Agers. She's on speaking tours with Deepak Chopra and so forth, the top New Age writer. She had her own angel cards. Uh, Lady Gaga says she don't, wouldn't leave home without Doreen Virtue's uh, tarot cards and so forth. But she was totally caught off guard because she thought she was a Christian the whole time. Doreen Virtue did. Uh, she was raised in Christian science, which is neither Christian nor science. And she was just totally deceived. And she was the top teacher. But I say this because she just flipped on a Christian radio station one day, was convicted listening to the teacher, was like, wow. She came home, told her husband, she goes, I think I'm a false teacher. She starts reading the Bible. She reads Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, Chad, which God used to just pierce her heart which says, when thou art come to the land which the Lord thy God shall give thee, thou shalt not learn to do it after any of the abominations which uh, uh, the nations are practicing. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or an observer of time, or a, a wizard, or a consultant with familiar spirits, wizard, necromancer, all these things. And he says, because of these things, I'm driving these people out from before thee. And he says, if you practice these abominations, I will also jettison you from the land. He warns the Jewish people that way. So these things are categorically condemned in Scripture, these occult practices. And when you see Bethel basically baptizing occult practices, and I said before we showed that one clip, and and, and you know, and, and he was showing B-roll, I'm sure, over me when I was talking about the Gandalf deal, using Gandalf the wizards. The, the irony of this whole thing, think about it, brothers and sisters, the irony that this is a movement that's claiming that they're relying on the Holy Spirit and that other churches aren't relying on the Holy Spirit enough when they're actually showing that they're involved in occult powers because they don't have the Holy Spirit when you're doing those sorts of things. We want to encourage you, stay away from the occult, man. That would grieve the Spirit of God and you can receive a different spirit and you'll that's if you commit apostasy and fall away from the true and living God. Uh, that's that's a, that's a serious situation. So our concern is that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. He's not just the Spirit. He's the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune Godhead. In fact, Chad, just recently, people could check out our Blessed Hope uh, website, and uh, I did a message. I pastor a church full-time, Blessed Hope Chapel, and I just did a message on introducing the Holy Spirit and His fruit, and we're doing a whole series on the fruit of the Spirit, which I think all of you guys can benefit from if you want to get into that series, because we're just going to grow in Christ and, and Christian character. But the key is, the Bible says that we're to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're to walk in the Spirit. We're commanded to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it an awesome reality that God wants to live in us through His Spirit? But when we live for God and, and we do His will, there's no greater joy than that. And in walking in love, uh, which Paul emphasized in Galatians, uh, we bear the fruit of the Spirit. So we should be praying, God, ripen your Holy your, your, the fruit of your Spirit in my life. Because the Holy Spirit is depicted by as many things, oil, you know, a fire, you know, a dove, like a dove coming down from heaven are many symbols, but he's also depicted as a tree who bears fruit in our lives. And that's not going to happen unless you put Christ first and you don't rely on what's ever, the popular things that are out there, but you get into the word of God and test the spirits. That's why you need the word of God to make sure these things are of God. And we can test what Bethel is doing. And we see categorically, Chad, with all these occult practices, they're not of God. So we say, 
Don't walk, but run to the nearest exit, man, and run to Jesus, man, and be filled with Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now you need to bow your heart before him and say, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And realize that Jesus died for your sins, that he paid for all of them on the cross. He rose again and conquered the grave. He conquered Satan. He conquered hell. He can conquer self in your life if you surrender your life to him and just say, Jesus, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I turn from darkness to you, the light of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.